Today on Schoolja, Chad and Clint debate the merits of different school supplies, dispense unrequested advice, and geek out over random subjects in the last word. Okay, enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, this is Chad. And I'm Clint. And welcome to episode three of Schoolja, the podcast where two middle-aged teachers, dads, and hipster doofuses talk about their combined 30-plus years of educational experiences. And anything else we can come up with. They're called teachable moments. The goal is to make a podcast that teachers, and anyone else, tell your friends, find as fun and interesting as the teacher's lounge during lunch, but without the complaining. Hey, we don't complain. We drop truth bombs. Okay. So to kick things off, we'll be conducting a serious debate about a controversial topic. I thought we were going to talk about school supplies. Exactly. There are a few things teachers take more seriously than the tools of their trade. If they aren't functional and utilitarian, the whole class can simply fall apart. That's true. All right, let's do this. Here are the rules. First, in 30 seconds or less, we must A, explain what makes it essential to the classroom, B, describe the qualities of a superior version of the item, and C, demonstrate how an inferior specimen can wreck a classroom environment. Next, after each person has had a chance to hear the other person's points, we'll have no more than two minutes to call into question any of their arguments and otherwise mock their erroneous selection. Last, at the end of the debate, it will be up to our listener. Be optimistic. Okay, okay, it will be up to our listeners to contact us at schooldiapodcast at gmail.com or at our Facebook or Twitter accounts to tell us who they agree with, and we'll give you the results in our next episode. All right, I'm going to go first. Turn on the clock starting now. I am going to describe my selection, the stapler. A stapler is a necessity. It quickly fastens paper together in an efficient manner. It's a perfect way to decorate in a classroom. The perfect example is the Swingline 747. It's metal, it's heavy, it's durable. A bad stapler ends up jamming, or sometimes it needs a CPR thrust to get it to actually staple something. (laughs) You can tell a stapler is worth its weight in gold because they're always getting stolen. I once saw a teacher chain it to his desk. You need a good stapler. Wow. I will say this, uh, in rebuttal to your stapler, I agree that having a really good stapler is nice, but there are backup plans if you don't have a quality stapler. A paperclip works nice in many situations if you need to hold a couple pieces of paper together. And don't forget the classic, that little maneuver where you kind of tear the piece of paper and the corner and then you kind of fold it over to attach it to the other one. Is there a name for that? I think that's called the vendor spiel maneuver. <laughs> I think you're right. That <laughs> rings a bell. Uh, so there's always that move. The point I'm trying to make is if you if you needed to get by without a stapler, you could. All right. Those are some good points. So I am going to argue the merits of the quality pencil sharpener in a classroom. There we go. Are we ready? I'm ready. You have to have a good pencil sharpener in class. Nothing is better than a finely sharpened pencil. It just screams, I'm ready to do work. Let's talk about the negatives to having a bad pencil sharpener. First of all, the noise. That can be one of the most distracting things in class. It destroys pencils. Some don't work at all, which literally will stop the progress for a student. I would recommend the electronic 12-volt pencil sharpener, but a good Boston hand crank pencil sharpener wall mount or desk mount options, uh, I would certainly recommend as well. Uh, let me, let me take you down a notch, Mr. Pencil Sharpener. I think a pencil sharpener is an important tool, and it is frustrating when you waste a 
fine specimen of a pencil like a Dixon Ticonderoga with a cruddy pencil sharpener that just eats it all the way down. However, I don't think that you need right. that a pencil sharpener is more important than a stapler because a pencil sharpener, it's so distracting. Kids get up and wander over and they have to pencil sharpen forever. You don't have that problem if you just require that your students use ink pens or have mechanical pencils. You know, that's a really good point, Clint. I would have to actually agree with you on many of those. And I understand what you're saying. A lot of kids use ink pens. Even the mechanical pencil is very popular these days. However, if a student has a pencil that needs to be sharpened, it must be sharpened. It must be sharpened. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> oh, those are good points. Okay. Thank you. That was fun. And that's that. So be sure to vote for either the pencil sharpener or the stapler by sending us an email at schooledyapodcast at gmail.com. We promise not to spam you. You can also reach us at schooledyapod on either Facebook or Twitter. But now it's time for a word from our first sponsor. This week's episode of School Dia is brought to you by Don't Go to Meeting. Staff meetings, curriculum mapping meetings, IEP meetings, department meetings, grade level meetings, vertical alignment meetings, budget meetings, goal setting meetings, too many meetings. You need Don't Go to Meeting, the best surrogate service you'll ever need. The next time you're double booked or just don't feel like going to a meeting, give us a call and we'll send a stand-in to attend in your place. Whether it be showing up a few minutes late, feigning mild interest by head nodding, pretending to take notes, or even asking the occasional rhetorical question, our fill-ins are specially trained to act just like you in a meeting. And for a limited time, Don't Go to Meeting is offering your choice of a poorly timed awkward joke or an unnecessary meeting-extending question at no extra charge. And wait, there's more. Mention the Schooled You podcast when you call, and we'll attend the inevitable disciplinary meeting that will result from your use of our services. So, the next time you're too busy, or just aren't feeling it, call Don't Go to Meeting, because meetings sort of suck. We're back. For our main segment today, we wanted to actually put some of our knowledge and expertise, such as it is, into helping out those of you who have just joined the teaching profession. Exactly. Teaching is tough. So we wanted to drop some simple teaching tips on you first-timers that should help you get things together. So tip number one, try to make sure that you lean on other teachers and also get a mentor. I was very lucky when I first started teaching in that I had a cart and I didn't have a classroom. And so what that meant I had to do was during the other English teachers prep periods, I pushed my little cart into their classrooms and I taught in their rooms. And as a first year teacher, I was able to get a lot of confidence from those other teachers because they would tell me afterwards, wow, that was a good lesson or that was really fun or whatever. And then sure. also when there were problems, afterwards they would come to me and say, you know, Clint, when you tried this thing, that didn't really work, but you know what I've done in the past is this other thing. And anytime I needed something or I was confused or I was frustrated right. or whatever, I could go to any of those teachers and they would help me work through it. And they knew the system. And that's kind of what you need is somebody right. who will help you figure out all the stuff that isn't obvious when you're first starting. You know, and, and uh, don't be afraid to ask another teacher, hey, can you pop in and watch me? for a little bit. Um, I mean, we obviously have that with our administrators coming and evaluating us, and especially as a first-year teacher or, or an inexperienced teacher, you have that more often. But, you know, that's a little bit different situation than just having a colleague pop in and watch you for 10 or 15 minutes and, and just give you a couple little pointers. And then on the flip side of that, 
don't be afraid to ask other teachers if you can go in there and watch them teach for a little bit. Absolutely. And I just think an experienced mentor who is upbeat and enthusiastic and wants to help you is exactly what every good teacher needs. Even as an experienced teacher, I still go to other teachers and ask them, what would you do in this situation? Or what do you think about this? And if you can start that habit early, it really can help you get through otherwise difficult times. One more thing on on this tip is it doesn't even have to be the same content area. So if you have a great relationship with someone else in your building who maybe does something a little bit different, but you think they can be helpful, grab onto them. Not literally. Yes, that would be bad. (laughs) Let's move on to tip number two. As soon as you get into that building, you need to get to know the custodians and the secretaries. Those are people in the building that really make things work. And these individuals can help you out a ton. And then along with that, don't be afraid to ask for stuff. The worst that can happen is that they can say no. Um, and usually, uh, in my experience, most of the time, uh, these people go out of their way to to help you out. Yeah, I agree. By doing as many things right. as you can to make their lives easier. That yeah, kind of courtesy a goes point. a long way for when you do ask for something, then they say, I want to help you because you always help me. And you're not doing it for that reciprocation, but it definitely helps. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So tip number three, and this is one that took me a long time to learn. Not everything that the kids do every day needs to be graded and put in the grade book. You feel like you have to, but you really don't. And I think the argument a lot of teachers will have with that is, man, if it's not graded, then the kids aren't going to try. But you don't always have to even tell students if something's going to be graded or not um, until maybe afterward. Right. And you have to kind of think about what are your priorities? Is your priority that you have a whole bunch of graded assignments that go in and that's what you spend your time on? Or are you going to spend your time on making sure that you have fulfilling learning opportunities for your students? If a grade at the end of a semester is truly supposed to represent what a student knows, that does not mean that every single thing that they do has to go in that grade book. And part of the reason for that is that's tough on a teacher. (laughs) That's really tough tough on a teacher to be inputting little tiny things that really have very little effect on an overall grade uh, on a daily basis into a grade book. All right. Well, tip number four, one of the things that can be really stressful for a teacher is when we do take specifically the negative stuff too personally, especially misbehaving students. It's hard sometimes when you have these relationships with kids and you have a kid who's being disrespectful and it's really easy to take that almost as a personal attack. Uh, on you and sometimes kids say terrible things to to you uh, personally but I think it's it's always healthy to kind of take a step back and understand that kids are coming from a lot of different places outside of school both physically and emotionally and to be able to understand that you know a lot of the things that happen are not personal attacks on you a lot of times it's a reflection of a lot of other things that are going on for me to have done this for 15 years and to be able to still enjoy it on a daily basis being able to separate those things to me is really important to kind of right. jump off of that one of the things that is a good skill to work on is to try really hard to start every new week or every new day with your students as something fresh. Like they may have done something terrible the the day before or the week before. And as soon as they've actually been held accountable for that behavior, try your very best to go right back with a fresh slate and be like, hey, I'm so glad you're back and let's let's hit the ground running. We are the (laughs) grownups. Right. And so it is difficult sometimes, but yeah, it's a lot easier for us to be able to have that conversation or to start things fresh. I mean, what a relief for a student to come in the next day and for you to greet them at the door and say good morning, like, you know, hey, we've moved on. And that's a good way to, to help build that relationship back. 
Absolutely. I'm going to move on to tip number five to really take care of yourself. And by that, I mean, go to lunch with people, find people that you enjoy being around and, and spend time with them at the at school, wear good shoes and find clothing that is comfortable for you to be in while you still look professional. So I guess just making sure that you right. think about what's going to be best for you and then and then adjust from there. Going back to your main point there of taking care of yourself, like make sure you are getting lunch, make sure you are taking time for yourself when you go home at night, you know, those papers can wait if it's late and you're not feeling well. Also, if that means taking a sick day because you're sick, you should do that too. Oh, yes. Take that time off. They give you the time for a reason. Moving on to tip number six. This tip was given to me by my mom, who was a first grade teacher for 30 years plus. So it's very simple. Keep a journal. It doesn't have to be something really complex and you don't have to write three pages in it every night. I know for me, if I was going to keep a journal from day one, it would just be the funny things kids say or just the humorous parts of what happens on a day-to-day -day basis. And it probably wouldn't be something that I would input every day. But man, looking back after 15 years, there'd be a lot of really funny things that I think would, would keep me going. Or maybe it's more of a professional journal of just things that you've done, ideas, projects. You know, you go to a conference and you pick up a couple ideas and by the time you get back to work on Monday, you forget what it is. So keep a journal. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. One of the things that, uh, that I have done is... Every once in a while, you get a positive note from a kid where you've done something for them and they write you a thank you or you get like a Christmas card or something where they put a little personal note sure. in there. And I've hung on to all of those. And at first I was like, why am I keeping cool. these? And then later, especially as I was starting to hit some of the stressful times of year, I will pull out that file of nice notes, which I super lamely call my smile file. I pull that thing out and look through. It's just a reminder of why you're doing what you're doing. And it can really kind of like re-energize right. you and get you back in the game during those times when life is hard. So I wholeheartedly yep. endorse it. I have never kept a journal, but I think that that's a great idea. Yeah. So we got just a couple more quickies here before we uh, take another break. Uh, the one I have is something I just started doing in the last few years. And I would suggest this for any teacher, especially any new teacher. But before you leave for an extended break, so Thanksgiving, winter break, spring break, anytime you're going to be gone longer than maybe four or five days, spend an extra hour or so in your classroom before you leave the day that break begins. Plan your first day back, get all your copies made, whatever you need, have it ready so that when you walk in after the break that very first morning you're done you're ready and you can teach what I found is if you do that your mind is free uh, at least more than it normally would be you don't have to worry about it during your your long extended holiday break you know everything's sitting there on your desk ready to go and on top of that you shouldn't have to go into your classroom during the break either and so that's the one quick tip I'm going to give you. Yeah, that's genius. I love it. My quick tip is on the daily, take time to chat and decompress with your colleagues after school before you head home. Because there's going to be things that have happened in the day that you need to talk about, that you need to get out of you. But people who aren't teachers tend to not necessarily understand those stresses. They might not have a good frame of reference for what you're talking about. So you want to get as much of that stress out of you before you head home to your loved ones. It makes it so that your evenings are much more pleasant and happy because you can leave all of those other negative thoughts behind and go home and just play and, and have a good time with your family. That's a great piece of advice. Those are our top tips. Do you have others that you think we should have mentioned? Find us on Twitter or Facebook at Pod and tell us what you think. And with that, it's time for another word from our sponsors. Today's episode of Schoolja is sponsored by Jamit. Class is about to start and you have copies to make. 
Unfortunately, there's five other teachers crowding around the copier in the same situation as you. At this rate, you'll never get your copies made in time. What should you do? Pull out your phone, of course. With the new app, Jamit, you can instantly shut down the closest copier, causing a jammed message to blink across the display screen. As the other teachers search for the non-existent scrap of paper causing the issue, feel free to take a relaxing stroll around the office or refill your coffee cup. By the time you return, the other teachers will have abandoned the copier as a lost cause, giving you the opportunity to turn off your app and make your handouts without having to plan ahead or even politely wait in line. Jam it. Because the world revolves around you. All right, we're back, and it's time to close things up the way we end every episode with the, the last word. That's right, the time where we take a couple of minutes to tell you about something in our lives that brings us joy. You know, we go to Portland quite often. It's about two hours from Astoria, but we don't really ever get the chance to just, like, spend a day in Portland. Uh, I got the chance to, to spend the day with my two older kids. My daughter's eight, my son's five. And, uh, you know, just to give you some perspective, as we were driving into Portland, and the first thing Daphne says from the back seat is, New York. <laughs> <laughs> and she knows it's not New York, but it just kind of gives you some perspective of kind of what the big city is like to them. So we go downtown for lunch and, and we go to Voodoo Donut. And um, of course, there's a line, you know, halfway around the block of, you know, Portland hipsters and tourists mm -hmm. waiting to get into, I guess, just buy a donut. So we thought, well, we're not going to do that. So we're also really close to the Portland Saturday market. Oh, yeah. It's kind of right on the same block as Voodoo Donut. And since we didn't get our donut, we decided to get uh, elephant ear. Oh, yum. Neither one of my kids, and I don't know if this is an indictment on my parenting, but neither one of my kids have ever had an elephant ear. And so after we got our elephant ear, we, we kind of walked around. We noticed there was a band playing at the market, and this guy, kind of a disheveled-looking rather scary man was was screaming at this band he he was accusing them of being karaoke singers oh, right. which doesn't seem like that big a deal but yeah he kind of walks off and and it, i feel like it's kind of time that we can cross the street because we needed to get near the train station and as we come around the corner i realize this guy is standing right there mm -hmm. and i'm holding both my kids hands and and he is still screaming and yelling and he's swearing and it's f bombs and it's all kinds of stuff Right as we're passing him, another rather disheveled looking man walks by him and starts coming at him like they're going to get in a fight. They're puffing up and they're, oh, fun. they're getting in each other's chest. And this and I look as the as the first guy reaches into his coat pocket. Oh. Now, he, he reaches into his like inside inside his coat, mm -hmm. as as you could imagine, anyone who was reaching for a weapon would do. Right. I mean, it's like he he kind of pulls the his his jacket away. He reaches into his coat. So I start almost running, mm -hmm. and as I look back, I see the guy pulling out a two liter bottle of pop, <laughs> <laughs> and he opens it up and drinks it and walks away. Oh well, that was my experience with taking my kids to downtown Portland. All right, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We saw a lot of different things. We <laughs> yes. uh, we first mistaked it for being New York City, right, and. Uh, Got an elephant ear and saw a guy threaten another guy with a two-liter bottle of pop. That's awesome. So it was a pretty fun day all in all. So you could say that that guy was pretty coked up. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Well done. Yeah, thanks. Well done. I've been sitting on that joke yeah. all day. What I want to bring up is something that hits high schools in particular every spring. 
And uh -oh. I got sick last week. I had the flu and I couldn't get out of bed and I was out of school and it was really, really terrible. But it's not nearly as terrible as the affliction that is hitting high school freshmen. And that is the high school love bug. Yeah. There are so many Twitter-pated kids out there and it is kind of adorable. <laughs> now, I don't enjoy seeing PDA all over the place, but watching awkward freshman boys try to look cool for awkward freshman girls is adorable. I love it. And the reason I'm calling it the love bug is I had a student actually say these words to me. He came into class and was acting kind of out of it. And I went over to him and I talked to him and said, are you doing okay, buddy? And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. I, I just can't concentrate. And I was like, all right. So the lunch bell rang. They all went down. He comes back up afterwards and he looks much happier and more with it. And so I was like, hey, are you feeling better now? And he's, because I thought, I don't know, some kind of trauma was happening in his life. Right. And he, he looked at me and he was like, yeah, man, so much better. I kind of got bit by the love bug. It's just been messing me up. <laughs> and I don't know who he's in love with, but it was so cute. And I was so happy for him that he's kind of discovering this part of his life. And uh, it was just fantastic. So that's the big thing that's making me happy right now is, uh, is the high school love bug busting in on unsuspecting freshmen. Yeah, it'll get you. It will. It'll get you. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, that is our show for the day. Thanks for listening. You have a question? Want to vote for either a stapler or a pencil sharpener as the winner of our grand debate? Hey, come on now. We have an email address for that. Contact us at schooledyapodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at schooledyapod or... On Twitter, you can follow me at C. Hill Astoria. You can also find me on Instagram at Chatterboxes. The lovely intro and outro music you're bobbing your head to was performed by Clint's talented wife, Nikki. And all our sponsors are fake, but our artwork is not. Big thanks to Corey Logan for our fantastic cover design. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. And go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. It will help other people find us. Thanks for listening. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs>